Hello and welcome to the Holy City Hoops podcast, or maybe I should be saying welcome back to many of you. This is a podcast about College of Charleston basketball, and it's been a while since we last spoke. Our last episode was in March, shortly after Pat Kelsey was announced as the new head men's basketball coach. And since then, we've taken our summer hiatus, the Cougar roster has been completely re-engineered, we have a new coaching staff, a schedule, and tip-off is just a few short weeks away. So we figured there would be no better person to catch up with for our first episode than the man at the center of it all. Coach Pat Kelsey himself is here. We are going to chat about everything I just mentioned and more. You will hear the energy Coach is known for. We had a great time chatting, and I think it's going to get you pumped up for the season ahead. If this is your first time checking out the pod, do us a solid and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your shows. Follow us on social media at Holy City Hoops. That's very easy to remember. We'll be dropping new episodes each week, and we've got a conference preview coming your way, a mailbag episode right before the season tips off, something I've been wanting to do for a long time. But right now, today, this week's show, Coach Pat Kelsey, let's get into it. All right, Cougar fans, we are very excited to welcome our guest for the first episode of this season. He is a first-time guest on the program, but he is the new head men's basketball coach at the College of Charleston, Coach Pat Kelsey. Welcome. Hey, Tommy. Thank you for having me. It means a lot. Our city. Our city, man. We are so excited to, to finally chat with you. The last time we did a pod was an emergency podcast for your press conference. How do you like living in a city that's a vacation destination for most people? crazy. Uh, I pinch myself every day. I really do. Whether it's um, walking through downtown, I'm driving across the Revenel Bridge. Uh, the place is amazing. And uh, being a kid from Ohio, you know, down here in the low country, you see Ohio license plates all summer long. Seems like in this area, uh, we all just migrate here. And, and I, that, that was me. So, you know, I tell people this a lot, but there are times I walk out of my office at the evening, it's dusk, you can smell that low country smell, you know, and, and see palm trees. And Tommy, to me growing up, that was vacation, Yeah, you know? So like, it, those are the moments you pinch yourself and you're like, man, they're, they're actually paying me to live here and do what I love to do. So I count myself as a unbelievably blessed person. I never delay gratitude. I teach that to our players every day. Uh, very blessed to be here and excited. Well, it's cool to see you discovering all that we as alumni love about the city, love about the school, the beach, the battery, walking around downtown. It's it's cool to, to see you getting situated. But going back to that press conference, uh, I remember when the, the news first came out that you'd be the next head men's basketball coach. I think Jeff Goodman, longtime Charleston appreciator and a, a very talented basketball writer, broke the news and kind of started a dialogue about what the ceiling is for this program. And we talk a lot on the on the podcast about that, whether it's the location, the facilities, the win percentage, the history of the program, the Charleston Classic. There's all these good things going for for the school. What do you see as the the ceiling for for this school and this program? There's no question. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and it's the reason I'm here. You know, I I left the situation that um, uh, that I was very comfortable with, that my family was comfortable with, where we had a lot of success. The city of Rock Hill. Winthrop University, both special places to me and to my family. It's where I raised my children. And I, I wouldn't leave a, a situation like that for just anything. 
Um, I agree with Jeff Gooden. I agree. I think there's a ton of people in the coaching fraternity that would say the same thing, that the potential here is limitless because of all those things you just mentioned. You were spot on, uh, exactly right. And, um, you know, and, and, and I'm passionate about making this city or, or making our basketball team Charleston's team. You know, that's why we say our city everywhere we go, because this is such a dynamic, vibrant, exciting city. And we don't have a major league baseball team. We don't have an NFL team. We don't have a professional team, although the River Dogs crushed it this year. I love going to those yeah, games. Champs. Um, obviously, we have hockey and things like that. But when this thing hits the way I think it's going to hit, um, hopefully it just takes over Charleston. That's my vision. Yeah, well, we'd love to see it. There's there's definitely been some times where Charleston basketball has been the biggest show in town, certain winters uh, where things are really rocking at, at TD Arena, and it's it's the best. So you mentioned your time at Winthrop, and I wanted to talk a little bit about style of play. You've been running some practices now. One thing us fans have been talking about is we'll probably see a, a faster team than we've seen maybe the last couple of years, but you've been very candid about saying that you know, defense first and, and you want to be a tough man-to-man defensive team first and foremost. So how do you balance those two things and and how's that transition going so far? I wholeheartedly believe that you can do both. You know, I, I talked with Nate Oates this summer, who I don't know very well. We've never really crossed paths a whole lot, but he's the head coach at Alabama. And uh, we got in a conversation just about that. And I said, I said, Nate, you know what? I'm, I study a lot of numbers, a lot of analytics. And it's funny how similar uh, our analytics are in terms of a lot of things. But one that was very interesting was we're both top 10, top 15 in the country in pace. Right. That's uh, in, in, in both two of the programs that have the shortest offensive possessions in the country coupled with the longest defensive possessions. And I thought that was fascinating. And when you watch him play, we play a very similar style. He goes, he, and he said exactly what I believe. He goes, it's because we don't sacrifice offense for defense. We don't. They're not mutually exclusive. Like you, 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 can, you can be a team that tilts the floor, plays downhill, emphasizes pace, puts pressure on the defense in the first four, five, six seconds of the shot clock. But then at, at, at the same time, you know, be a tough, gritty, bow-your-neck defensive team on the other end. That's who we're going to be. You know, I tell our guys all the time, uh, um, you earn your playing time by, by being trustworthy on the defensive end. If I, if I trust you, if I know you're accountable, if I know you're tough, you have a defensive disposition, that's, that's going to buy you minutes. Even if you have a deficiency on the other end, like that's how you get on the floor. Uh, and that, that'll always be how I'm wired and how my programs are. Yeah. If you were watching Charleston basketball long enough, Earl Grant had always said, defense, rebounding, take care of the ball. It was like his three pillars that were just drilled into our heads as fans. Do you have similar pillars of, of how you want to play? Faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Faster. You know, I... I just because this is important, though, just because we play fast and I say this to our players all the time, just because we play fast doesn't mean we have to shoot quick. Hmm. I, I mentioned the analytics like I'm big on generating the highest percentage shots in the game to be the highest volume of the shots that we shoot. You know, and we generate that through pace, through space, through ball movement, through actions but it's, it's trying to generate free throws, right, which is the highest percentage shot in the game, which is 
Second highest percentage shot. The game is a shot at the rim, a rim shot. You know, third is uh, a corner three. Fourth is an arc three. Fifth is a paint two. Sixth is a non-paint two. That's a mid-range pull-up, you know. And you see that. You hear that. The NBA, uh, the majority of the NBA has gone to that. Does that mean we can't shoot mid-range? No, I don't I don't say that. There's a time and a place for a mid-range. Um, but we want the highest volume of our shots to be those ones that are highest percentage shots in the game. So I'm very analytic driven in terms of how we play offensively, you know, on the defensive end, we're, we're, we're a pack line man-to-man defensive team. We rely on phenomenal ball pressure, but we protect the 17 foot and in pack line with everything we got Uh similar style that, uh, you know, Tony Bennett and his dad are famous for uh, is where our principles defensive lie, defensively lie. Part of playing with tempo and, playing with pressure on defense is you are going to require some depth potentially, you know, keep, keep guys fresh. One of the conversations I've had with my friends is, you know, at Winthrop, you were known for your depth. You would almost do like full on hockey line changes of of subbing guys out that kind of like platoons system. Is that something you're aiming to replicate or was that just a byproduct of the roster you had at Winthrop? Uh, more a byproduct of the roster we had at Winthrop. You know, I like to play a, a bigger, longer bench than most teams because of the pace that we play. But last year was an anomaly. Um, you know, we, we had a very veteran group um, deep. We could go 12, 11 into our roster and feel good about it. Um, and that didn't take hold until November of last year. You know, like – we went down to or went up to Louisville to play in one of those bubble tournaments and two of our better players got shut down with COVID, couldn't play. And two guys that we weren't really relying on to be major impact guys in their first year played and played phenomenal. I mean, we were unbelievable. We, we beat UNC Greensboro, who's a really, really good team. And then we beat uh, Little Rock, which is a really, really good team. And I remember meeting with the staff afterwards and going, fellas, we just – we just beat two really good teams without two of our best players. And, you know, the thing was like, let's, let's just see how it goes. You know, when we get into conference play, our rotation will probably get shorter as, as it mm-hmm. does most of the time. But then we started to realize one of our true strengths and one of our great gifts was how hard we could play and how deep we could go into our bench. And we just wore teams down. We wore them down with our pace. We wore them down with our offensive rebounding. We're relentless in pursuing the ball. You know, that's another thing in terms of a pillar, and I don't mean to sidebar here, but rebounding's huge. You look at our numbers the last two years at Winthrop. This past year, we were top 15 in the country in both offensive and defensive rebounding, and I think it was something similar the year before. Um, But how that shakes out here in terms of uh, uh, the depth, that's being determined now we're two weeks into practice and we have four weeks left before our first game. And man, I hope our roster and our team makes it really hard on me uh, to, to, to like who's going to play or who's not going to play. And, and we'll just see how that, all that shakes out throughout my nine year career last year was the most we've ever played. Um, We do play hard and it requires a lot of guys to be ready at all times. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about the roster because again, going back to this past summer, unprecedented in terms of player movement with the extra eligibility and with COVID and with kind of loosened transfer rules. So you basically, you know, brought in almost an entirely new team. 
what characteristics, and it can be, you know, on the court or off the court, were you looking for for this first kind of class of yours? We're really big on fit. We we have a, a fit that we know works in our culture and our system. Um, it's cliche probably to people, but this means the world to me. The Skip Prosser ABCs, academics, basketball, and character is the first thing. You know, there's Coach Prosser, the painting of hey, him in my office. Um, got to be able to do the work academically, care about getting their degree. They got to be hoop junkies, basketball dudes that eat, sleep, and drink the game. Um, and then, you know, character. Uh, you know, we want a locker room full of guys that live their life the right way or great teammates that are coachable, um, that have a lot of those intangible things. And then, you know, once you get past those and we get into evaluation, um, you know, one, I want to know about toughness. How tough are they? You know, toughness is really valued in our program. Competitiveness, you know, type of competitor they are. Um, basketball IQ, can they think the game? You know, uh, do they make people around them better? They have leadership qualities. And then are, are they adaptable, right? Are they adaptable to circumstances? And are they adaptable in a game? Stuff breaks down. You know, think of a scramble quarterback when, when nobody's open down the field. Can they go make a play? Those things are all, you know, really, really important. Uh, over these first six months, it was culture over strategy. Not even close. Yeah. We worked a lot on the strategy. We worked a lot on our, our, our offensive package, our fast break our offensive rebounding, worked a ton on our pack line, ball pressure, positioning on the floor, pick and roll coverages. We're working on strategy right now, obviously, every day. Uh, baseline out of bounds, special situations, all the stuff that you do as you prepare. But it, it pales in comparison to the importance of implementing our culture here and uh, making sure everybody in our organization knows our way, knows how we roll, knows how we work, knows our standards. Uh, that's more important than anything. It's a good answer. Um, and I, I want to talk about about these new guys. And a fun way I thought we could do this is I have the list of the new players on the roster. And we just want to know more about them, right? So I was wondering if I could just rapid fire, go down the list, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. It could be how they play, how you found them, like whatever, whatever comes to mind. So like just like like quick, quick soundbite. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever comes to mind, whatever feels right, I guess. So we'll start off easy. We're going alphabetically. Someone you knew from the Big South, Famir Ali. What do we need to know about him? Floor general, playmaker, fearless. I like Pretty it. Pretty much sums him up. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Very talented player from the Division II ranks, Dalton Bolin. Tough. <laughs> Nasty. Like, I joked the other day, I think his family goes down after Sunday dinner and takes charges in the basement. <laughs> I like it. That's, that's dude, the kind of guy you want on your played, team. Dude played a year of college basketball with an eye patch on. Yeah. With an All-American. Like, he's Insane. tough. Insane. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, he, he got the eye injury and he just wasn't going to sit and he was like, I'll play one, with one eye? I mean, he's, he's, he is, he's crazy. Love him. <laughs> Love him. One of the hardest workers I've ever been around. You almost have to try to reel him in and, and, and scaling back. You got to tell him to do less. Hey, Love dudes like that. that. Those are the easiest guys to root for, you know. Um, let's go to one of the freshmen, Ben Burnham. Benny. Uh, gosh, man, he's, he's hilarious. Like, he, he's so quiet that the first instinct is that he doesn't have a personality. Wrong. He's hilarious. Might be, might be the funniest kid on our team. 
the driest sense of humor ever <laughs> thrives in awkwardness. Like you can just, they just walk up to you and look at you, look at him. And like, it's, it's an awkward contest and I lose. I'm like, dude, this is weird. And he just, he'll just shrug and walk away. He's hilarious. I love him. Skilled man. Like just like a lot of guys we're going to talk about just new age basketball player with size, skill, versatility, position, versatility, athletic dunk on you. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I know you wanted short sign belts, but no, no, I love we go it. back to, we go back to Famir, you know, like he is, he's a dog. Like he's just, He's a dog. And the moment's big. He wants the ball in the biggest moments. Okay. So. Okay. I'm like, this is going well so far. Another guy who comes in with a lot of skill, Nick Farrar. Yeah, Nick. First of all, uh, I, I've used this joke a lot. So I'm sorry if you've heard it before, but um, he went from 283 on June 2nd when he arrived at summer school to Eli told me today he was like 229. Yeah, he's think he about like that, man. Now. That's like sixty pounds. It took us two. It took us a month to convince him the gravy wasn't a beverage. <laughs> it, it, but Nick is—he's uh, a bucket. You know, he's that's that's who he is as a player. He's a he's a guy that can put the ball in the basket. Um, just just good footwork, good touch around the rim. Uh, guy could step out, make a three, versatile. You know, going back to Eli. For people like me who are starved for college basketball content in like July, Eli's Instagram page was like a godsend to, for me to like know what was going on with the team. I feel like it's kind of cheating as a strength and conditioning coach to have a shirtless Osanachi Smart though. It's just like, you know, just everybody else pack it in. How can you not be the best strength coach if you got OC Smart? The guy's an absolute tank. You should see all the before and afters of the guys. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Well, Nick, Eli I mean, looks like he, he did a great job on Nick because he, he's looking very fit from uh, the dunk videos I see on his social media. But I give, you know, Eli's a beast, is is terrific. But I, I give Matt and administration a ton of credit because a priority that we put on nutrition and feeding our guys was big. And that's something that I sold in the interview process that, hey, I need it, you know, and we're able to deliver. We feed our guys Um at a, you know, at a high major level and the strength and conditioning is a part of it, but the nutrition piece is part of it as well. Well, I could have used that in school. I spent too much time at the pizza station in the cafeteria, but it's uh, for, for another day. Um, next guy I want to talk about, this was kind of maybe the most unfamiliar for fans. Baba Carfay. Am I pronouncing that right? We call him Baba. All right. Baba. Got it. Some people call him Bubba, Baba, Baba Car. He's a uh, man. He's, he he what would they call um what did they call the guy at UNLV years ago uh um stretch armstrong or or plastic man stacy stacy augman that's kind of you're too young for to know UNLV <laughs> from the 1980s but look up stacy augman he he's just long as he he he's as long as the days long just uh arms and legs for days athletic bouncy but you know what's funny is he comes in and I was a little worried on the front end just about his the language barrier. Yeah. Um, he worked really hard this summer and our administration did an unbelievable job and you know with his English equivalency stuff and all that. And he spoke he went to an English speaking school. So he he was fine, but you know it's hard. He's coming straight from Senegal and man that the academic people love him because he's got just such a good heart and he works his butt off and he's got a big smile on his face all the time. He's got a great disposition. But the language that he speaks better than any is basketball. 
basketball is his love language. You know, like when you meet him the first time, and I remember saying to the assistants afterwards, like, man, like, it, it, and then all of a sudden he gets on the court. He understands everything. <laughs> you know, he just picks stuff up really well. So huge upside. Basketball intellect, uh, motor, length. Uh, I love Baba. He's going to be good. This next freshman is someone Charleston fans have waited a long time to see. Uh, originally committed a few years ago, kept his commitment to Charleston, Raekwon Horton. Energy. Energy, man. He's the Energizer Bunny. I don't even know if they have those commercials anymore. When it was I'm, just, I'm, like that, I'm old enough for that. I, I remember that the rabbit, like, yeah. came, and he was beating the drum, and he just kept going, keeps going and going. That that's that's Ray, man. Like, you know, we're, we're big on relentless effort, pursuing the ball and the offensive rebounds. Uh, you know, like Coach Davis, who's my associate head coach, who, who's a terrific coach, longtime head coach. He's our rebounding coach, and he says the standard for getting offensive rebounds is this is what you're graded on on every shot. Did you go after it like you're the only one that can get it? If you don't get it, we're going to lose. I like it. That's the standard. And Ray is just he's he's relentless, pursues the ball, plays hard, like any freshman makes mistakes, but he makes them with a smile on his face, you know, and he and he and he. Uh, what I love about him is something's going to happen right now. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's good, but he's going to make something happen. <laughs> and I love the aggressiveness. Uh, he wants to be really good. So, yeah. And I saw a video of Raekwon yamming it on someone in practice. I said, who is this freshman? Aren't supposed to be doing that. I was impressed. I'll be on the lookout for Ray. Let's go next to uh, another intriguing prospect, uh, a younger guy from the Juco ranks, Charles Lampton. Yeah, Charles is... Uh, Limitless ceiling is what I say. I just, I just think he's potential personified, but that that's not to say like he's way off in the future. Like he's going to help us right now. He could be an impact player for us right now, but there's just so much more to his game that he could grow, which is really, really exciting. He um, he's a natural born shot blocker. And I think shot blockers in a lot of ways are born. It, it's, I don't think any coach can teach shot block timing. If you can give me their number, I'll call them. I think it's something that has to be identified and recruited, but he just has a great knack and feel for touching the ball. Um, and, he, and he's a terrific offensive rebounder. Both of those things he did at a high level at the junior college level and were amongst the national leaders. Um, runs the floor really hard. Uh, you know, and the other thing, he's, he's a position, he's a, he, he can switch and, and, and guard a point guard at times, you know. Um, not, not for long possessions, but he can move his feet. I know we went from quick sound bites to all of a sudden now I'm going hey. to the biography. So I'll try to, I'll try we're, to go back to sign. We're going in, we're going in blind. Cause I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start recruiting some guys here. You know what I mean? Yeah. This could go on for four yeah, hours. No, I'm, 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 I love it, but we'll, we'll go quick. There's only a few left. Uh, this guy deserves uh, a lot of praise cause he's getting a lot of attention here in the preseason. John Meeks. Yeah. Meeks is a dog, you know, and that dog is an affectionate term. And I don't know, you know, back in the day, a dog was like, hey, you're dogging it. You're going slow. A dog now is like, you want dogs. <laughs> you want... I know I sound like that coach from uh, that Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, which <laughs> may be one of the funniest sound clips in the history of coaching, uh, along with uh, who, who was the guy that did playoffs? Oh, you know what I'm yeah, about? Colts, Colts coach. Colts coach. We're just trying to win a game. That was pretty good. Allen Iverson's press conference was pretty good. Classic. Hey, sneaky on the down low, Google Charlie Cole's press conferences. Charlie Coles was the old coach at Miami, Ohio, legend at Miami, Ohio, was there for a long, long time, passed away several years ago. 
beloved in the coaching fraternity and has some of the funniest press conferences ever. Funniest one being when they played Kentucky and they had John Wall and Boogie Cousins and all mm -hmm. those guys. Like, just look it up. It's stinking hilarious. I got off track. Dog, John Meeks, um, looks like an NFL tight end, is in incredible shape, best shape of his life. Uh, Eli's been terrific for him. You know, he's he's uh, he, he, he's you know, he's the heart and soul of our team in a lot of ways. Mentality, he's a pro, like he, he approaches things like a pro. Versatile player that can play inside now, um, but, you know, a competitor above all else. Very nice, very nice. Just a few more here, Coach. The Aussie pipeline. I don't know if you're trying to be the next St. Mary's, if we need to get Del Vadova in here, but uh, Rain Smith, someone we watched in the uh, U19 FIBA championships. Tell us about him. Sniper, you know, like he's, I'd pay money at the circus to watch him shoot, put it that way. You know, he could be an act at, 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 at the circus. Um, we do a drill called five minute threes where you get simple as heck. I got it from John Beeline. You get one ball, one spot, one rebounder, five minutes. And, and the goal is to average 50 made threes in five minutes. Nick Stauskas from Michigan is famous on a YouTube clip for doing the, the John Beeline five minute threes in his backyard with the wind blowing and it's raining. And he makes like 28 in a row at one point or 30 in a row. And he made like 75 in his backyard. I've seen rain make 80 of 84 Yikes. in five minutes. It's crazy. So that's his true gift. But, you know, he's got great awareness on the floor. Defensively, he's a terrific system defender, like always in the right spot, always carrying out his responsibility. Tough, has an edge to him. So, you know, he's not just a one-trick pony that could just shoot. He's very, very solid in other areas. Yeah, we're looking forward to, to seeing how he develops over the next couple of years. Two uh, final grad transfers, Jordan Seachin, uh, following John Meeks from, from Bucknell. Jordan is a phenomenal leader on our team, great leader. Uh, you know, I talk to assistants, and sometimes they just know stuff below the surface that I don't even know that's going on with the team, and – Cloman told me the other day, like, you have no idea, like, what Jordan does for our team, like the, the, the way he, you know, the way he goes about his business, the way he leads, the way he picks guys up, um, but a very good player, just solid in every area, uh, good shooter, um, floor general, makes plays for others, tough, takes charges, just does all the little things, reminds me in a lot of ways of me. <laughs> as a player back in the day because I, I you know I wasn't the best player in the world but like I was I tried to be a star in my role well sometimes that's I mean that's important and last one here another older guy Demetrius Underwood yeah Demetrius is um very heady point guard playmaking big guard that can guard a bunch of different positions um he's been playing really well for us just makes the right play, makes people around them better, can generate offense for other people. But he can guard a one, he can guard a two, he can guard a three, and he can guard a four, which, um, you know, which, which I think is a, is a, is a great attribute. Um, you know, the guys that, that we didn't talk about uh, yet to this point that, that I'm so proud of because they stayed, you know, we yeah. came in we said, this is who we are. This is how we're going to be. This is what our culture is. This is our expectations. This is our accountability, you know, and it's, it's not for everybody. That's why we don't recruit everybody. We recruit a certain type and 
you know, and those guys all came to me after several weeks and go, we won't be here. We're about it. You know, and I give those guys a ton of credit. Um, you know, Keegan is, is maybe the smartest player I ever coached. Like his, the, the engineer. Yeah. I got to multiply my SAT score times three, I think <laughs> to get to his, um, but he's that way on the floor too. He's a very astute basketball thinker, to, you know, in, in, in a big body, long arms that could shoot. Um, so, you know, and he's a, he's a, a great attribute to our team. Great teammate. Uh, Brendan has, has really grown. I think in my six, seven months, uh, in a, in a six month span, he's probably grown as much as any player I've ever been around. He's oh, wow. really Cause we were already high on Brendan, you know, even yeah, last year. He, he just, he's trying to really grasp our, our deal and our culture and what we're about, um, you know, so I've been really proud of just the way he's gone about his business. Uh, he's a lead by example guy more than he is uh, as a rah-rah guy. Some guys are that way. Um, stupid athletic, man. Holy cow. Athletic. Yeah. Same. Um, but he's doing a better job of, you know, knowing when to hold him and when to fold him, as Coach Prosser used to say. You know, attack violently, but then be able to slow down and uh, make the right basketball play at the rim, whether it's to finish or to pass. And he's making great strides in that area. OC, um, people around here go, man, is this OC's 17th year? They said he seems like he's been here for like 17 years. Yeah. I'm sure glad he's back because, um, you know, he's, he's nursing a, an injury that's not going to keep him out very long right now. It's no big deal. And um, But I, I say that to say as he's standing on the sideline, uh, he's being an extension of me, you know, and that that's what he is. He's got such a good heart. He, he's all about the team, coaching those younger guys up, I mean, even guys that are like at his position, you know, like he's taking Charles under his wing, right. To be a, to be a mentor. Uh, but you, you guys know OC as well as I do as a player. I mean, he's tough, he's physical, he's athletic, um, plays hard and a uh, big part of our identity. Yeah, there, there's a lot of talented big men in the CAA, and OC was always the guy to uh, to take the assignment on defensively. And we're glad he's still here uh, before he goes and stars in a superhero movie. Um, <laughs> exactly. But going back to the guys who came back uh, that you maybe kind of re-recruited, uh, how are you leaning on those three guys here in the early days of practice? Yeah, I mean, what they have versus what everybody does and is just a familiarity with, uh, surroundings, right? Yeah. With Charleston. And, uh, we're, we're calling it the great experiment. You might've read that in the newspaper just because it's just all these people from all different parts of the world that are meeting each other for the first time that are trying to put pieces of the puzzle together so quickly. And we call it our leadership council, which is all of our older guys, you know, most of our, all of our seniors and then some of our juniors. Uh, and th th those guys are part of that. Right. And they're, um, they're just they're just helping to lead the way with their experience. Yeah. So now you're a few weeks into practice. Do you get a sense for how the pieces are going to fit together and and what the strengths are going to be, or even just the personality of the team? What What are you starting to figure out? Yeah. I mean, we got a long way to go. I, mean, you, I say that, and then all of a sudden I'll snap my fingers and we'll be tipping it off tomorrow. Okay. But you know, we're we're two weeks in. We've been having sort of inter-squad type scrimmages uh, on the weekend where we bring officials in, uh, which has been good. TV Teddy's available. Legend. Holy cow. What a legend. Uh, yeah, so that's that's been kind of cool. And 
and then over this next month, everything's going to start playing out. Um, roles will slowly start to be defined. And, uh, and you, to be honest with you, roles will continue to evolve throughout the course of the season. It doesn't mean when you get to the first jump circle, the first game, that's what you are. You know, like we, we compete year round. We compete in February. Um, the practices might not be the same length, but we're, we're competing in practice in February. Iron sharpens irons, what I believe in. That's one of the cornerstones of our program, as I mentioned before, is, is competitive nature. So I'll, I'll, I'll be able to tell you a lot more here in two or three weeks. Yeah. I probably won't, but <laughs> I could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are just excited as fans to like get real basketball back this season. Last year was so weird, especially with cancellations and lack of fans but you know this time of year like you said the ball is starting to bounce starting to get excited again just uh excited to to see the new squad and and see what you guys do on the court and just appreciate your time today coach i know you're busy so take thanks for uh taking a few minutes to chat with us and uh best of luck this year all right man thanks so much you gotta whatever you're gonna do uh i'm buying stock in it you gotta you got a bright future you stay in this business the media bit whatever you're gonna do (laughs) I've been impressed. So thanks for having me on. It's been a first class deal. All right. My thanks to Coach Kelsey for taking the time to chat with me today. Once again, be sure to subscribe to Holy City Hoops on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We'll see you next week. Go Cougs.